Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Praise you, Lord, and we worship you today. You are worthy of our worship. You are worthy of our praise. Praise you, Lord, today, and praise you, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Listen, have the guts to pray that this morning. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Listen, he'll encourage you. He may tear you down to build you back up. You still have to welcome him in this place. He may may tell you things you want to know and things you don't want to know. This is not a religious house. You don't have steeples and bells and stained glass windows. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Have your way. We want to prophesy. We want to speak in tongues. We want your power. We want to be healed. We need you, Holy Spirit. And you are welcome in this place. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. In Jesus' mighty name. Church shouts. Amen and amen. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Are you ready this morning? Are you sure now? Worship was a little lukewarm. You guys are a great church. You know, you laugh when I say things like that. It's like Stockholm Syndrome. You're so used to being terrorized. You've just gone ahead and bought right into the terrorists. (laughs) Amen. Got to worship with all your heart. Doesn't matter how you think. Doesn't matter what you feel. I wasn't exactly setting the world on fire this morning. This is my greatest morning, but you come in and you worship. He's worthy. He's worthy. There's nothing horrible. Nothing horrible. It's just, you know what, when you're not a sunshine person, most of you are not. Most of you think you are or not. But there's some people that are. When we were smaller, I could have them stand up. I'd show them to you who they were, who are sunshine people. Most people aren't. But you have to come in and you have to just deal with wherever your emotions are at. And you take those thoughts, you make them captive, you raise your hands and you worship God. He's worthy. He's worthy. Amen? Just briefly, this morning, I'm not gonna do a full-blown COVID update, but just in case, I wanna always keep people up to date. Who watches the podcast in here? Lots of people, good. It's not so that you know who I am or anything like that. That's just so you know what's actually happening in this world in conjunction with the Bible. There's people who do podcasts about events, people that are on my side of the political aisle and all those on your side of the political aisle, but they don't, they don't put it in connection with the Bible. It's fine, but we connect it with the Bible about what we're seeing so that we know what we are to be the restraining against. And being restraining doesn't mean that you just have your no's in places and your yeses in places. It means you have both in place. You say no to what needs to be said no to. You say yes to what needs to be said yes to. You got a vaccinated person, what do you do? 
If they don't want you, then don't cast your pearls before the swine. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. How dare you say that? I didn't. I didn't. He said it, and he said it about people. He called people swine. He called people dogs. He called people chaff. He called them goats. It is what it is. It's his verbiage, and we ought to use the same verbiage. But if, if they don't want you, you just, fine, do what you want to do. But to everybody else who wants your help, lay hands on them and draw that toxin out of their body. In Jesus' name, that's what you do. This will be and has already been a church that lays hands on the vaccinated. I'm not casting them aside. It's not the mark of the beast. Oh, it's a spiritual mark of the beast. You're a dummy. Is it, listen, is it on their right hand or on their forehead? Well, no, it's a spiritual thing. Then why would he specify right hand and forehead? People will talk themselves out of the Bible for their own self-glorification or their own profit or whatever it may be. Just as, as easy as the day is long, I'll just talk myself right out of the Bible. But what's happening right now, we need to be the second Thessalonians chapter two, three through eight restraining, is that the COVID emergency has been extended through April 23rd. I told you, and most, and I'm preaching to the choir, but I told you, I told everybody else, it will never end until they're scared of the church. They're not scared of Republicans. Tom, aren't you a Republican? Yeah, but I'm a conservative. I'm not a Trumpster, I'm not a MAGA person, except I wanna make America great again. I do want that. I just have certain values, and who's ever the, the closest candidate to those values gets my vote. I mean, we should have seen last Tuesday how spineless the Republicans are. If you've been watching the podcast, you've seen me. There's, uh, there's four reasons why we will never win. And when I say we, I mean conservatives, which Republicans are included in that, some of them. There's four reasons why the Republicans will never win a statewide election in a blue state or a swing state or a nationwide vote again. You're like, what are you talking about? Did we? Axalt allegedly lost in Nevada. No, these aren't losses. Blake Masters lost in Arizona. Tom, politics from the pulpit. Show me a Bible verse and I'll stop. Come on. You know it better than me? You're welcome. See how quiet it gets in here? It's like, I'm it's like I'm preaching a tithing message and I got all the ushers lined up. We're not even, we're back to my system today. You don't have to worry about buckets. <laughs> and they want, what's, what, why, why can't we win? Why? Well, you're like, we won in Florida. Yeah, because these four things are taken care of in this state. What are, what are these four things? Establishment GOP. What's the establishment GOP? Those are people who are, I, I could launch now. So we, quit. we don't usually even done with worship at this point, so I have, I don't know why we quit worship so early, but whatever. <laughs> I'll just talk longer. I'll fill, I'll, I'll fill the void. What do, I, what do I mean by establishment GOP? 
What I mean by that are people who are pretending to be conservatives. They're actually playing a role. And if you don't watch the podcast, I'll explain this to you. If you do watch the podcast, I semi-apologize for the redundancy. But what it is, is there's an illusion that's put out there for you. A synergistic tension that's a fraud. They want you, they're actually putting people in place so that you think there are people warring for you. But they're not actually warring for you, they're ushering forward the leftist, globalist, anti-Christ agenda slower so it's palatable. That's all that it is. These people, well, you know, they, they, they nominate and, and actually put into place conservative judges. They have pro-life rhetoric. It's just rhetoric. They're playing a role because if you didn't have who you think is there fighting for you, you'd vote everybody out. But if you have somebody you think is there fighting for you, are there legitimate conservatives? Of course there are. But if you, don't, if you actually think there are people there fighting for you, you're more apt to let it stay, let the status quo stay in place. And the status quo is we're $31 trillion in debt. Why? So that we crash the United States, so that you get, you're put on a, a monthly guaranteed income of about $20,000 a year. And you'll owe nothing and be happy. This is the point of it all. It's all on purpose to leverage you into a one-world commerce system with a singular access point controlled by a tyrant. Where do you get that from? That's the Bible. That's Revelation 13 and 14. And the Bible is also 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 3 through 8. And you are to restrain that until you are lifted from the planet. But you need to understand that it's a fraud. Now, I'm not talking about legitimate people. I can name names. I can't. I'm allowed to name names of politicians, just not preachers. There's legitimate people. Chip Roy, Jim Jordan, Marjorie Taylor Greene, people like that. They're legit. They'll vote themselves out of a job. Don't ever vote for a politician who won't vote themselves out of a job. It's like I'm willing to preach myself out of a job. You think I'm going to hold back this morning? No, I'll preach my way right out of a job because I am compelled to preach the gospel. But that doesn't mean conservatives are compelled to be conservative. They're compelled to stay in office. These people are making millions of dollars on both sides of the aisle. 75 members of Congress own Pfizer stock and then mandate you using their product that they will personally profit from. But why will we never win a statewide election again or a national election again? Because we have, we have fail, failed to deal with the four problems. The establishment GOP fraud, no money, that's number one, then no money, no message, and fraudulent elections. Have they been dealt with? Hundreds of millions of dollars were sent to the RNC after the 2020 fraud, which may just get me taken off of, uh, of uh, social media by saying that. I got taken off of YouTube for life for saying the word ivermectin. They're not dealt with. It's like you're a Christian expecting to go to heaven who never repented of their sin, but they started a spiritual journey and a fresh start. You have to go in there and deal. Hundreds of millions of dollars were sent in for fraudulent elections, and here we are in Nevada and Arizona, and they still haven't calculated all their, they haven't counted all their ballots yet. 
Florida's got 22.5 million people live here, and we all know who won by 10 o'clock at night. Florida is actually the, epi the epitome of what needs to happen. You deal with the establishment GOP. What do you say to them? Go pound sand. The federal, uh, Merrick Garland and the DOJ tried to send down poll watchers. It's an absolute fact. That's not right-wing conspiracy. It's in the mainstream media. And what did Ron DeSantis do? Get your people out of here. You have no right to be here. This is a federalist society. Get out of here. See, you've got to, you've got to have cajones. You got to do it. You, and listen, I know there's new people in here and some people come in because they think this is still Fellowship Church. I can use the name now because we don't, we're, not under, we're, not, we're not under contract with them anymore anyway, so we're done. And if you, are, if you are here from the old church, hang in here. What's the worst thing that could happen? I'm not gonna make you come forward. Listen to, the, listen to what the word of God has to say. Instead of, instead of Calvinism. Listen to what the word of God has to say instead of an ark church. But we won't win until those things are dealt with. They have to be dealt with. Hundreds of millions of dollars sent into the RNC, they do a daggum thing. Nothing. And the main opposition is not the Democrats. The main opposition are establishment Republicans put in place to usher forward these fraudulent elections. You can't, listen, I can't remember the numbers now of how many people live in each state. But you, Maricopa County's got four million people live in Maricopa County. They still haven't finished all their counting yet. It's Sunday. The election was Tuesday. Why is that? And so they can sit there and let's get some time. We lost, now what can we do? That's the way that it is, and until it's dealt with, and you see, you have to be willing to be called the scum of the earth. Jesus was. He's called a blasphemer, fraud, false prophet, and we're all, we're all afraid to be called a racist, a xenophobe, a chauvinist. Everybody's afraid. If I, if, I, if I call for a closed southern border, I'm a racist. What race? There's 150 different nationalities across the southern border this year. So which race am I a racist of exactly? Can you please specify? If I'm gonna be a racist, please tell me who I'm a racist against. At least let me, let me let, at, least, at least advise me of that because if I'm gonna be a racist, please tell me who it is. Am I a racist against Slovakians that have crossed, Arabs that have crossed, whites, blacks, Hispanics? Please tell me because they're all crossing. You have to be willing. You have to be willing not to be liked. You're not here to be loved. You're here to love. You have to be willing. So the COVID emergency was extended. Now, let me ask you something. What emergency? Where, where exactly is the emergency? Uh, we, we all just live through an emergency. That's quite an emergency to have your house blown down. Where, where exactly is the emergency, but yet it's been extended again, why? To leverage you into a one world commerce system using a medical emergency. And it's all put in place. We need to restrain. You got CBDCs hanging over your head right now, what are you gonna do, church? You gonna be afraid? You gonna be afraid to stand up 
and say no to these things? You have to. You have to, you have to stand up and go, no, I'm not going to participate. You know, well, then you're, you're an earth killer. Get your electric car. It's so funny because none of it makes any sense. Really, it makes no sense. It's like, you know what? Let's all take a vaccine to stop transmission and infection. Using a vaccine doesn't stop transmission and infection. That's what they told us. Now, now let's just say you use 100, 100 gallons of gas a month, right? So, you know, you decide, you know, I'm getting a Tesla. I'm getting an electric car to save the planet. The planet doesn't need to be saved. So you get your electric car, so you no longer burn that 100 gallons a month, correct? Correct. Now who does? FPL. What's the difference? What's the difference? I'm gonna put a mask on my, what's the difference? Get a mask all you want, you really think that's gonna stop a viral infection? If it's illogical and nonsensical, it's nefarious. If it makes no sense, it's stupid. Uh, we're going to be extending the COVID emergency until April 23rd. Well, why April 23rd? Explain, get, explain to me using the science. Why April 23rd? In Queensland, Australia, they're implementing another mask mandate. 30, this will be 32 months into 15 days to flatten the curve. They're issuing another one because they're having another COVID outbreak. But don't worry because Pfizer and Moderna are, are developing a flu and COVID combo vaccination so that they can extenuate the EUA in perpetuity. So it just keeps going on and on and on to leverage you into a one world commerce system. What do you mean? Well, if you don't have your vaccine pa paperwork, you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel. And it's already all put in place. And now you have central bank digital currency hanging over your head. And you must say no. Don't vote for, well, I don't know if they're really electable. No, you don't vote whether they're electable or not. You vote on their morality, period. It doesn't matter whether they're electable or not. Are they going to stand or are they not? Do they represent you or do they not? What's, what, what's the point of electing somebody who's electable who goes and does the opposite of that which you want? Which is the modern Republican Party. You have to stand. If, there, if you have somebody at your financial spigot other than you, what can they do? You just turn it off. We, you know, we noticed that you... Uh, you travel every Sunday on the GPS to that foundation church. You, and and it's all, it'll, all be, it'll all be hooked into a social credit system, CBDC, social credit system. We don't like that you go up to Revival Today in Pittsburgh every year for that ladies' conference. You know what? Just like PayPal, $2,500 fine for you. And what are you going to do? Oh, I just won't, how, how, I won't let them. How are you not gonna let them when it's all digital currency? Explain it to me. Well, I'll, I'll use gold. Gold's gone. I'll use cash. Cash is gone. You have to stand now. All the Christians back, at, back in, in, in March of 2020, all the ones that are pretending they didn't cave now. <laughs> I shouldn't probably tell you this, but I'll tell you. 
I was talking to Pastor Jonathan. He and I are friends. It's not why he's here. It's not why I brought him in, because he's friends. You saw why I brought him in. He's the best, best daggum preacher in the world. But he actually can, now Jonathan is not to be trifled with. Any more than probably I'm not to be trifled with, because I'm looking for conflict. I, don't, I actually don't look for it, but my body looks for it. My carnality <laughs> looks for it. So I just try to bail it back out. The, the difference between Jonathan and I is that I'll eventually tell you that I'm kidding. He will not. <laughs> yeah, I've seen him hook people on, on social media saying that he's turned woke using the woke verbiage. And I'm sitting there, and he did a video where he said, you know what, I finally gave in, I got vaxxed. <laughs> He's as far from woke or vaxxed as you possibly can be. And see, eventually, if it's me, I pull the plug and go, I'm just kidding. He doesn't, he just leaves it there, still sitting on social media. <laughs> but there was a pastor that he knew that was going around <clears throat> saying that he never closes, putting out social media posts. You know what, I don't understand why anybody would close for the flu. The guy closed for four or five months. So Jonathan was poking at him on social media, never mentioned by name, but it was very obvious who he was talking to. So the guy was upset and offended. And then he made the mistake to meet with, to, ask, to have a meeting with Jonathan along with other pastors. And there's how Jonathan launched, are you ready? He goes, you know how he talks, you lie. It was like a woman at the well moment. Have you not had three husbands? You lie. And just went, well, no, I don't lie. Oh, really, did you say this? And the person, whenever you just catch them in a lie, I've done a lot of interrogations in my life, 25 years in law enforcement. You can always tell, even if they continue to lie, you've caught them in the lie. The wind goes out of their sails. That's why there's polygraphs. There's no way to pass a polygraph unless you're a psychopath. You can't. If you have a conscience, you can't pass a polygraph. And you'll always tell, you can always tell. When people, you've caught them in the lie, they'll like, they'll shift around. They start looking for answers in the air. <laughs> but you have to stand. Now. Well, I don't understand why it's such a problem. I don't know why people have a problem wearing a mask. Because it's a step towards the Antichrist. You take one step, he'll take a mile from you. You give an inch, he'll take a mile. You have to stand. If it's all evil, then why take one step in an evil direction? Well, because it'll buy us a couple years. No, no, you're shortening your years. It's all a lie. Amen? Yeah. On to the message. Perspective is what we are talking about today. I've talked about it a lot, but I've never devoted a message to it. Most of us know Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. What is it? For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Amen? Matthew 12, 33 and 34. Either make the tree good or make the tree bad. Who's gonna do that? I know you're afraid to answer. Again, I would never answer one question in this church out loud. <laughs> I don't blame you. But either make the tree good, this is Jesus talking. Either make the tree good or make the tree bad. You and I, we decide you are the tree. 
You decide whether to make it good or make it bad. You you decide to what degree it's bad and what degree it's good. You decide, you have the gospel. Ephesians 1, 3, you were given all things at the moment of this, uh, at the moment of salvation. You were given all things. You decide on its implementation. You decide via your words, via, you know, I had a young woman come up and talk to me. I said, heavily touched by God. It's great to be touched by God. I, I've, done the, I've done the crawl of glory many times over the last two years. Crawling back to my seat on the ground at the river. Going to see Jonathan here now. Crawling back. Love being touched by God. But if you, if you live on that and you have to be slain every other week, you're going nowhere. Nowhere. Oh, Tom, come on. Well, track all the people who do that. How many souls do they win? How many, how many blind people do they give sight to? How rich are they? Because they're supposed to be prospering. You can't live off that. Are you saying that just because John? No, I live in that. I, listen, I'm going to be back at the river in January. I don't even know what the conferences are called anymore. I just know the dates and I go. I'll probably be on the ground several times. I love it. But it's a launching pad. If you, don't, if you don't do the four essentials afterwards, you're going nowhere. Prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship. If you don't do it, it's over. It's over. No, I, I'm looking at it right, I'm looking at, I got, I got a couple people up here in the front. That's great, I'm glad they're with me. I'm looking in the back and all the rest of you do not look like you're convinced. Okay, thank you. Let me ask you this. So if you are right, what fruit is there that proves it? That's what you should always ask yourself. If you are right, I've had people fervently argue with me throughout the years. And I remember telling a guy one time, tell me the fruit that you have in your life that proves your opinion is correct. Nothing. Nothing. So make sure you make, that's, how, that's, part of the, that's part of the process of making the tree good or making the tree bad. You cannot be correct and have no fruit of that correctness. You can't be right. Well, I don't believe in tithing. You're poor. Well, I know rich people don't tithe. Don't worry, we're gonna get into that. Either make the tree good or, and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Everybody only quotes Matthew 12, 34 and skips the first half of, of 34 and all of 33. And out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Well, yeah, but that's because you've made your tree good or bad. You make it good or you make it bad. It's up to you. So what does it mean if your mouth espouses the opposite of your professed faith? Remember what we're talking about this morning. Let me sum this up better because perspective is not a great word. Let me explain it to you. What I mean by it, not perspective. Everybody knows what perspective means, but what I mean by it. What well do you draw from? 
When you go for living water or you go, you go for nutrition, what well do you draw from? I'm going to give you some choices this morning. James 3.10, what does it mean if your mouth espouses the opposite of your faith? Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. What do you draw from? I'm laying some groundwork that appears to make no sense, but it'll make sense in a minute. It means that if, you, if your mouth espouses the opposite of your professed faith, it means your heart and mind are not Christianity. If your mouth is saying the opposite of your faith, understand that that means your faith is invalid. You're drawing from some other source. Your heart is not your faith. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your mouth is your heart. No, 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 I, I, I believe in Jesus. You use the F word every other word. Shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. 2 Timothy 2.16, which is right after study to show thyself approved, 2.15. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Colossians 3.8. How can you be an espousing believer and speak the opposite? Well, I believe in healing, but you know, it just hasn't worked out for me yet. That's your heart. That's why you're not healed. No, I've tried, I've tried. Listen, you try everything else for years and you try God for three days. You've devoted decades to carnality, which means of the five senses, not sexuality. You've devoted decades to carnality and God gets a year or two. You've been gossiping, running other Christians down. And now you've turned it around and nothing's working for you? Your mind has to be renewed. It takes some time. And it's prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship. If you skip one day, you've taken a step towards backsliding. Sounds awfully religious to me. I thought the Bible says to pray without ceasing. I'm giving you a break. I just said pray daily. Because I'm so sweet, loving, and compassionate. James 3, 11 and 12. What if your mouth espouses the opposite of your faith? James 3, 11 and 12. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? See, we need to be addressing hypocrisy inside the church. On any level. On any level. I'm not talking about necessarily lukewarm hypocrisy being spewed out of his mouth hypocrisy. I'll deal with that in a couple minutes. I'm talking about hypocrisy on any level. You're like, oh man, I wish Jonathan was back. <laughs> See, that's my job to usher you into high calling. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? On any level, do you believe in prosperity? Then why do you speak the opposite? Why, why do you give the opposite? Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? 
The reason why is, is that you say things with your mouth, but your actual, the well that you draw from is something else other than the word of God and the voice of the spirit. When times get tough, if you falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? Proverbs 24, 10. That's when you know. Which, believe me, is convicting to me also. Verse 11, James 3. Verse 11, now in verse 12. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives and a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. All right, so ranging from struggling to backslidden to never saved, listen to these verses, Titus 1, 15 and 16. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. Well, that's no problem. It's all a struggle, a spiritual journey, fresh start, new beginning. No, they claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. They are detestable disobedient, unfit for doing anything good. This is why a lot of Christians need to look in the mirror and say, why do I have no ministry? Because you're unfit for doing anything good. See how quiet it is in here? You're like, why do I attend this church? It's what you need. Is there fruit? If you're mad at me right now, and believe me, if you're looking in the faces the way that I am, there's people that are mad. This is not, uh, this isn't edifying. You know, right now, at my house, we had about $100,000, $150,000 worth of damage to our house because the, the hurricane. The hurricane. It's two syllables, hurricane. In order for them to fix it, what do they do? Are we all gonna sit in there and wait for the mold to take it down? Someday that black mold's gonna eat through that and we'll all be dead, but other than that, it'll all, it will, the mold will take care of your house if you want it to. What do they do? They tear it down. They start stripping it to the studs. That's what we're doing in this church. It's $4 million worth of damage to this building. They're stripping it to the studs. We're gonna leave the carpet right now. If we, think about it, what's it been? What's today, November 13th? Hurricane happened on September 28th. We just left the carpet in here. It's all wet. <laughs> no, you take it out. Is it fun taking it out when we spent tens of thousands of dollars on carpeting throughout the building? No. But you do it. If there's no fruit that supports that you're right, why are you offended? Think about it. I mean, listen, I'm still waiting for the Christian. After all these years, I think we started the church in three or four, 2004. So we started the church in 2004. I'm still waiting for a Christian to leave the church because they're outperforming me instead of just being offended. The church just can't keep up with my soul winning. I'm gonna go start my own church. You know, you're right. Go start your own church. I'm with you. What money do you need? You're a harvest of souls. You got a great attitude. Go. I'll send you out myself with my blessing. I've had people in the church before. I just I don't understand why when that person left we didn't give them a grand send off. Let me ask you a question about that. This is great, but this extra time, I have to have Aaron, we'll have to worship shorter for now. I'm kidding. <laughs> Joke. Joke. I love worshiping, so we can worship as long as we want. But I always want to ask people, you know, I, you know, I believe that that person wasn't treated correctly when they left. Oh, really? How many times did you have them over to your house for dinner exactly? 
Because I had them over to me at my house 10 times and had many interpersonal conversations with them. How about you? Do you know what they've done, what they haven't done, what they're about, what they're not about? Absolutely no idea. You'd just rather be offended. Because offense actually gives you some life. What well are you drawing from? All of us in here want life. All of us in here are miserable when we are devoid of life. That's why there's going to be so, there's so many more people at NFL football games than churches this morning, this afternoon. You've got to have some life. And if you're not going to get it from the Holy Spirit, that's not your source. It's not the Holy Ghost. It's not the Word of God. Then you're going to find it somewhere else because everybody in here is like a moth to a flame when it comes to life. We want it. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's money, whether it's controversy and offense. It gives you life. You're bored with Christianity, so you got to juice it up. Let's burn the pasture to the ground today at Applebee's. That's the truth. You're, you're, you want life. Everybody does. And I've used this story before. I'm going to use it again right now. I just, it's short. But I remember when Hope and I, I think it's, it was all, it was pre-kids. So it was like our second year of marriage. I'm just being honest. We were loaded. We were. She made a crap ton of money. Made twice what I made. Three times what I made as a cop. I used to, they used to make fun of me at the sheriff's office because back when they used to issue checks before we went all CBDC and digital currency. Oh, direct, uh, direct deposit, I'm sorry. Is that right? Does it make you feel better? My check used to sit there. And I get made fun of because I didn't even bother with my paychecks. I'd just sit there for months. And I'd go pick them up finally and put them all because we didn't need it. We were loaded. We had lots of money. I mean, we still we still have lots of money. We're doing good. I'm not. I don't want to ever play poor. We're not poor at all. So, we. I bought Hope these diamond earrings that were actually like they were these squares, and they were made of diamonds. They were extremely expensive. And we had, we had this huge Christmas. It was just the two of us, and we got up in the morning. I mean, there couldn't you couldn't have packed anything more under that tree. And it was just the two of us. Which, by the way, I love. People, people, my wife, you try to give her a gift. Oh, no, 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 not me. You come up to me with a gift, I'm like, I'm fine with it. Fine with it. I'm also, I'm also a mega giver. But I don't mind receiving either. I don't. So anyway, we opened up all of our presents, and I just noticed that Hope was melancholy. And I was like, what's the deal with you? And she goes, well, I just haven't been praying. I haven't been studying the word, and this is just all empty. So I shut off the Hallmark Channel. We went on a 30-day fast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we moved to Garland. We moved to Mistletoe, Mistletoe, Wisconsin. All of my favorite towns that are on Lifetime in Hallmark. Because what the problem was, her source was Christmas. Her source was us. A lot of people in this room, your source, the well that you go to for life is your spouse. That well will run dry. They're a person. They have moods. 
I'm not saying we shouldn't control our moods, but they have moods. And that well will run dry. Where, where do you draw? When you need life, where do you go? When you need answers, when you are deciding what to do and what to say, what well do you draw from? That's the question. So ranging from strongholds or struggling to, back, to backsliding to never being saved, I just read to you Titus 1, 15 and 16. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. It's all about perspective. They're corrupted, why? Wells are corrupted by something. When you can't drink that water, what's well water smell like in the state of Florida? Eggs, someone said eggs. Sulfur, who wants to drink that? It's corrupted with sulfur. So what do you draw from? What is your source when you're determining what to say and what to do? And really, aren't those the only two things in life? What you say and what you do. Two things that you control. Yes, the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of you, but you are still, talking about CBDCs, you're at the nozzle. You control what it is that you say. It's not God that takes captive of every thought. It's you. You decide. John 14, 13 and 15. A lot of you are like, man, he reads a lot of Bible verses. Why preach if you don't? What am I preaching if I don't? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will never, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Verse 15, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and, and have to keep coming here to draw water. What is your source? What is your well? Well, the wife's having a bad day, so, you have a, so I'm having a bad day. You're an idolater. When you're determining what to do and what to say, what is your source? What makes us stupid? Oh, sorry, let me use church words. What makes us foolish? I said us. I didn't say what makes you stupid. I said what makes us stupid. What is it? Tom, you're preaching up there on that high platform right now. Listen, I don't know. I'm quoting from George Costanza. <laughs> I don't know if anybody has reached the galactic levels of stupidity that I have. In this room, I don't know. God knows. I've done horrendously stupid, evil things in my life. Anybody else? So don't think, I'm not preaching from some place of, of accomplishment above you necessarily. I might be stronger than some of you as a believer and weaker than others. I don't know. But all I know is that there are, there are things that we do that are stupid. Slash foolish if you want to be religious. What makes us do stupid things? You ever ask? And we just don't want to talk about it because uh, that's not very edifying. Edifying is stripping down. It's called building up. You cannot build from a foundation that's not sure. It's got to be a firm foundation, a cornerstone. So you have to break down. Well, I just don't want to talk about it. You're black mold then. You're black mold. 
I'm the contractor in your black mold. I want to know why I do stupid things, don't you? All right, well, let's look. I gave you this example last, last week, Proverbs 12, 16. How many, of us, how many of us is this us? I lived this out this morning. A fool shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. Proverbs 12, 16. Do you show your annoyance at once? See how quiet it is in here. You know you do. Here, I'll, I'll set you free. Are you ready? I do too. I'm not saying on every occasion, but I do. I show my annoyance at once. Does that mean you never stand? You know you can stand without being annoyed. You speak the truth. You have a gay couple come up to you, you don't just go, oh my gosh. You are an offense to me. How are they an offense to you, pornographer? You're going to the same hell. They're more perverted than you are? They're not. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body. For you, sin sexually sins against his own body. 1 Corinthians 6, 18. doesn't say homosexual only. The, uh, the MAGA fornicators are going to the same hell as the transgender people. Those are the facts. Many, many men who stormed the beaches of Normandy when that bullet went through their head went to hell. Those are the facts. Well, you're not allowed to say that. We're, we're red, white, and blue. I don't, nothing trumps the word of God. Amen. Nothing. Not even the flag of the United States of America, which I love. Nothing trumps it. So do you show your annoyance at once? Do you? It's foolish. It's stupid. Why do we? Because we're drawn from the wrong source. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you in a minute what these sources are. Here, I'll give you an example. Well, you know what, I live, I live according to my heart. The Christian said, in my heart, I feel this. Oh, my word. This side of the building got that. This side of the building hates that. You guys must be living according to your hearts. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who could know it. Jeremiah 17, 9. Why would you live according to your heart? I sense in my heart that it's time for us to move on from Foundation Church and we're moving on to another ministry. You've done that for the last 27 years and accomplished nothing. Maybe you ought to let your roots sink in deep for the first time in your life. Maybe. Proverbs 14, 15, and 16. The simple believeth every word. Put a mask on. Vaccinate. You know, these CBDCs are awfully convenient. You got to save the planet. Don't want to have those emissions going out. So that 100, that 100 gallons of gas that you're burning, we're going to stop burning that. Of course, it's still going to be burned by FBL anyway. But you know what? You get to act like you're virtuous. The simple believes every word. It's a medical emergency. Explain to me how it is exactly. Acts Force Lion Eye study, 99.997% survival rate for anybody under the age of 20, 99.98 survival rate for people 20 to 50, 99.5% survival rate from 50 to 70, 
and 80 and above, 95% survival rate. Explain to me exactly. Axe Force, Leonidas study coming out of Stanford. That bastion of right-wing conservatism. Explain to me how it's a medical emergency. Study to show yourself approved. The simple believeth every word. The prudent man looketh well to his going. The wise man feareth and departeth from evil, but the fool rageth and is confident. Before you take giant stands, make sure that you have the fruit to back it up. Because the fool rageth, rageth, it's just, and, and, and is confident. Seeing it all around the world right now. Get your vaccine. Get your mask. They're raging and they're confident. Of course, there's no evidence at all to back what they're saying. Nothing. So what makes us do stupid things? The wrong well and the wrong perspective. James chapter three, 12 through 18. Thus, no spring yields both salt water and flesh and fresh. It doesn't. You have to choose. Jonathan brought up Deuteronomy 30, 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. You have to choose that both you and your descendants may live. A lot of Christians wonder why their kids aren't saved or why their kids are spiritually disinterested. You know, nobody ever talks about it except for me, but I was glad because I was talking about it with Jonathan. He talks about it. I talked about it with Pastor Rodney. He talks about it. He evaluates pastors by their kids. I do the same thing. I, I, my whole, the entire time that I've pastored this church, I find my kids in the service. Easy now, because Norma's standing up here. But I find them in the service, and I stare at them while they worship. I've gone up to them. You seem spiritually disinterested. Well, they're just, you know, they're, they're seeking, right? Seeking. Go up to them and ask them. You're the parent. Do you have any interest in Jesus? And if not, why not? Is it me? Yeah, Dad, we just noticed that, you know, you claim Christianity, but you're dropping F-words every other word when you're at work or when, you, when we hear you on the phone. What source do you draw from? Is it the voice of the Spirit? Is it the Word of God? Or is it something or somebody else? That's the question. Thus, no spring yields both salt water and flesh. It, and, and fresh. It is either good or bad. Well, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with drawing from my conscience. For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all, all things. 1 John 3.20, your heart can condemn you. You're going to listen to that? God knows all things. That was written to Christians in Jerusalem. 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. You're going to listen to your heart? What's your perspective? What's your source? What exactly is it? Is it the synapses firing in your brain? Feelings? Shall I sing it for you? <laughs> feelings. Oh, Feelings. Thank you. Thank you very much. <clears throat> My whole family loves when I go into that voice. I do it all the time. 
How you guys doing? Good to see you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. They love it. They love every minute of it. In my mind. James 3, 12 through 18, verse 13. Now listen to the title. This is out of the New King James. The title of this section of Scripture, 13 through 18, is Heavenly, Heavenly versus Demonic Wisdom. If it's not heavenly wisdom, what is it? Well, it could just be from my own carnality, which would be governed by the demonic. Heavenly versus demonic wisdom. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. What is your well? Here's an example. I'm gonna throw down examples for you. Example or a preview, however you wanna look at it. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. So let me, um, let me set it up again with James 3, 14. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. You know what I've noticed? I know people think it here. And I've noticed it with other pastors because over the last almost three years, for the first time in my pastoral ministry, I've actually hung around other pastors. Why didn't you hang around them before? Because they're a bunch of skinny jeans wearing latte suckers. I can't bear it. <laughs> Truth avoiding, Bible verse avoiding, skinny jeans in the right whole place at the right spot, latte suckers. I can't do it. So now I found a group of pastors that I can hang around. But even in the midst of that, I've noticed this. And I've noticed it here too. Or I've sensed it here too. I haven't noticed it. People probably think, well, you know, the church has gotten big. Now Tom really thinks he's something. Hanging around with Rodney Howard Brown. And hanging around with John. Boy, he's, he, you know, he thinks of himself. You know, when did we hang out before? What's the difference in our relationship? <laughs> what, what, what source are you drawing from right now? If you're walking around, look at, but if you have bitter envy or self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. He really thinks he's something now. He doesn't have time to meet. How am I going to meet with everybody? I had to shut down my own Facebook page because I had so many people messaging me, hundreds a week, with questions like, Tom, what do you think of the book of Revelation? In order for me to, and I've had a woman say, you know, even Pastor Rodney answered me. He doesn't always answer me. Let alone always answer you. He doesn't have time. I'm on the road. I, I am, I am, we listen, we are close. He treats me wonderfully. But I am one of thousands of pastors in that orbit. I, just can't, I can't go up to him every day. Hey, Pastor, are you open for lunch? I, I, I need you today. I just... What's your source then? What was me my source? The people, they, get, they start, you know, you know I remember, I remember, you know, I, I, let me put it in my Christian voice. <laughs> I remember when we were at a church of one party and, and, and Tom was everybody's best friend. How am I going to be everybody's best friend? There's 900 people in this building this morning. What, what do you want me to do? 
I prefer prefer when it's small. Yeah, just like your life. (laughs) You always gotta, you have to be honest with yourself. Is that how you think? Now, where do I get this from? 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Oh, I'll tell you the second part. I've also noticed when I'm around other pastors that I sense that they have, they're trying to like compete with me for other pastors' attention. Like other big name people. Oh, I'm getting a security call from our security system right now. The alarm's now. We get it constantly because it's broken because of the hurricane. <laughs> get 10 calls a day from ADT security saying that our alarm's going off. Even though it's not. Again, because of the hurricane. <laughs> so I sense them posturing at times and trying to like get in front of me to get the attention of a big name preacher. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. Listen, when things are done at the river, I pack up my stuff and walk to my car. I'm not seeking appointments or anybody's attention or anything else. When I did the video for Pastor Rodney, I didn't even know the man. I had no idea we'd ever connect. But I sent some other pastors. I've known him a lot longer than you have. And who do you think you are, superstar? (laughs) Go ahead. Have all of his attention. I don't care. My well is not a human being. A lot of you can't be touched by God unless it's this name or that. What's your well? He's not always going to be there. She's not always going to be there. What's your well? That's why Jesus said, if you'll connect with me, it's a spring of living water and you will never thirst again. Not if you connect with the prophet. Bless you. That's the point of it. And I love men and women of God. I do. I love them, but they're not my source. They're salt on the steak. They're not the steak. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. For we dare not class ourselves. What do most people struggle, struggle with? Thinking too highly of themselves or lowly? You can answer out loud. Go ahead. Ready? According to the witness of Scripture, they think too highly of themselves. But we also, our heart can condemn us. That's Romans 12, 3, 1 John 3, 20. Thinking too highly of yourself and your own heart condemning you. But we dare not class ourselves. You don't, you don't let, listen, how many of you know that God has given you a name? You don't class yourself one way or the other. You don't think of yourself too highly or too lowly. You think of yourself as a love slave of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6, 21 through 23. That's what you do. What benefit did you reap at the time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now, but now, it's Romans 6, 21 through through 23. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God. That's all you, that's it. Life is easy. Let it go. The more that, the bigger this church gets, the less I hold on to it. 
People think, probably think, man, you just, this is, this is your life, man. You, you just have to get up in front of people and you love to perform. You, <laughs> Aaron knows that. That's a close friend. He's a close friend. He knows me. <laughs> kind of got a morph voice this morning because it's not. But other than that, he sounds normal. I don't. I don't. I, listen, I love to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel, 1 Corinthians 9, 16, because that's what I've been called to, but it's not my source. My source is my time with the Holy Ghost and the Word of God, which is Jesus. That's my source. Not standing in front of you. Not the podcast. Listen, there's many times where I don't feel like doing the podcast, but Aaron and I, we grind. We grind it out. Because people are waiting. It's four to 600 people a night are waiting for that podcast. And that's what we know about, the numbers that they let us see. For we dare not class ourselves. Don't you dare. Why are you still talking about what you once were? I used to be this, and I used to be this. Stop talking about it. That's been your testimony for 17 years. It should be, you know what? That should have been your testimony for two, three years. The sin that you used to commit that Jesus brought you out of. Now it should be the miracles that you're performing. For we dare not, I mean, listen, when the word of God puts above all or dare, I listen to it. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. So if you're sitting there and being a boy, he, he, he certainly thinks highly of himself, you've gone to a dirty well. Matter of fact, you might, have, might as well put a straw in my septic tank. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I really didn't agree with that. I didn't agree with that part of the man. The only reason why you're like that is because that's what gives you life, and it's temporary. Listen, I've, I've spent years being bitter. I have. That's why I've told you, I've walked, not out of this building, but I walked out of the old building 8,000 times, driving home with my wife. That's it. I'm done. Never going back again. If it wasn't for the ministry of, of Rodney Allen Brown at the River Church, I don't know if I'd still be doing this. Honestly, I never talked about it like that where it was definitive, but I, you know, I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't know if I would be. Because my source was a dirty well. My source was, how are people responding to my ministry instead of the word of God? It can't be, well, how did they receive it? It doesn't matter. I'm not, listen, I love every person in this room. Literally, I do. And there's people in here that I've known for years. But whether you smile, laugh, don't ever smile, are emotionless, your face is just a blank slate, Whatever it is, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with me. God has given, I pray over these messages. God has given me a message for you. I will deliver it. I will then go home, eat into oblivion, and sleep for most of the rest of the day, whether you like it or not. What do we do? Why does this person have what I don't have? I've been doing it as long as he has. I started this church, I think Hope said in 2004, right? 
So I believe Pastor Rodney moved into his building that he's in right now in 2002, I think. Maybe four, I can't remember. And so if you parallel our ministry, and we're only six, seven years apart in age, parallel our ministries, he's sitting, he was sitting there, let's say up to 2020, with thousands, and I'm sitting there basically broke with 140 people in the church. Why does he have that? You don't even get into that. God will tell you. We dare not class ourselves. You don't label you, God does. How, what has God labeled you? A joint heir with Jesus, full access to the kingdom of heaven. That's how you've been labeled, right? That's who you are. I don't care. Listen, I'm, I, I love saying controversial things. I don't care if you were a pedophile over the last 30 years. If you've come into Christ, you're a new creation. You're brand spanking new. God, all, you're afraid to clap. It's so funny. You, you, listen, listen, this is, this is very important. I'm feeling very combative this morning. Listen, you are, if you're afraid to clap over absolute freaking truth, that means you're politicized and your well smells. Understand that. Uh, I don't want to clap. I don't want to clap for a redeemed pedophile. If a guy was a pedophile for 30 years and got saved in federal prison, he's as righteous as you are, he's as righteous as I am. There is no sin that God will not forgive. None. And by the way, hypocrite, he's forgiven all of your immorality. It may, you listen, your immorality may not be, and listen, who else in here, there's a few, who else in here is locked up people who are pedophiles but me? There's one, there's Brian. There's one, I'm seeing the cops in the room, I know who you are. So don't, don't be thinking anything else, I'm just telling you that there is no sin that God does not forget, forgive, that's it. Or, and, or, and or forget, that's it. And don't be politicized that you're afraid to clap absolute truth. Listen, all homosexuals who do not repent are gonna burn in hell for all of eternity. Same with all the fornicators and all the liars and all the tax cheats, even the ones who came up and committed their life in some sort of fresh start, new beginning and never repented. They go to church every Sunday. Where, what is your well? A lot of you wouldn't be sitting here this morning if your wife didn't drag you here. You're idolatrous. If your wife stops praying, you stop praying. And it's vice versa, either way, but it's usually the women in extreme hypocrisy of the word of God who are the spiritual thrust of their home. My wife's amen, the rest of the church is quiet. This is a rough church. This is, the, this is the type of church that Jesus would pastor. Yes, because Jesus is the Bible. That's what you're getting this morning is the Bible. This is the word of God. Jesus would never make it past the hiring process in most churches, even if they knew it was Jesus. I'm serious. They, and, uh, absolute, he comes in, turns water into wine, goes out to some cemetery in Venice and starts raising the dead right in front of the board, the board, the board. 
That's why you can take boards, shove them, put them sideways and shove it too. Oh, I believe Tom should have a board. I've got an accountability board, but nobody makes the decisions in this church but me, period. I'm not having people govern what I preach. It's not gonna happen. But Jesus go in there, he starts, he turns, he turns Gatorade into wine. Goes to, goes to Venice Memorial Gardens and starts raising the dead right in front of the board. Countless people running to him to get saved. Give sight to the blind. Life to the, to the paraplegic. Get up and walk. And they still wouldn't hire him. I'm telling you this now. Take this part. Now, all of this is my opinion. So take it or leave it. Seriously, take it or leave it. Do you think that most people burning in hell, if they were given the opportunity to get out, would? They wouldn't. They wouldn't. They had that chance here. Nothing's changed. Their pride went before their destruction. They're not changing. You all, where's the Bible verses that says all the people crying out from hell redeem us now? What source do you draw from? Quiet in here. It's all right. My wife tells me that that means you're listening intently. That's what my wife tells me. Certain encouragers in the church come up and tell me that. Because I'll rag on the silence. This just means everybody's listening intently. Okay. It's not necessarily the facial expressions I see. I'm seeing some vitriol right now. It's just Bible verses. For we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. It doesn't matter what kind of Christian he is, what kind of Christian she is, what kind of accomplishments they have, what kind you don't have or do have, it doesn't matter. You ask yourself, am I pleasing God? James 3, 15 through 18, but let's go back to verse 12 first. Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. 11.48, everybody good? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Now verse 15, James chapter three. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Written to the church in Jerusalem. See to it, Colossians 2.8. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Well, I believe this and I believe that. That's not how Jesus dealt with Satan. He said, thus says the Lord. This is what the word of God says. He basically read the devil, the book of Deuteronomy. Let no one, and that means, listen, that says, it doesn't say let nothing. It says let no one, a person or a demon, take you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Most Christians worship at the altar of their own compassion. They sacrifice the word of God so that they are kind in their own eyes. Look how kind we are. So kind. We have an alcohol gel station set up at every 10 feet in this church. <laughs> Against the virus that doesn't travel through contact. Of course, that you know, would far be, it, far be it from us to let the truth get in the way of our, of our alcohol gel stations and our masking and our vaccine. 
See to it. It's up to you. What well will you draw from? 2 Timothy 2, 25 through 26. Written to the church. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his work. Actually, to do his will is what it says. That happens to Christians. That's written to Christians. And it's all because they're choosing a different well. The Bible's uncomfortable. There's people that are watching right now who refuse to enter into the building. I know who you are. And you're watching right now. There's two to 300 people watching live right now from all around the world watching us right now. Maybe more, I don't know. That's what we're allowed to see. But they will not enter this building. They live in Northport. They live in Sarasota County, but they will not enter this building because they're offended. They've been taken captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Well, we're offended by you, Tom. Well, yeah, but did God tell you to leave? And for what purpose? Name why it is that God told you to leave. I've never seen that either, by the way. I've yet to have a Christian leave that said, you know what, we're just outperforming the church. There's so many souls, and we just can't contain it. We've got to find us in our own building. Okay. I've never seen that. And I've never seen anybody be able to specify using the word of God why it is that they left. I've had people leave because of parade floats. I've had people leave because we painted and didn't ask their permission. I've had people very upset and gossiping about flooring. You know? I've had people leave for all sorts of reasons like that. But I've never had it be, you know what, here's, here's the voice of the Spirit, here's the Scripture to back it up, that's why I'm leaving. Never. Ever. James chapter 3, again, verse 16. For, en- for where envy and strife is, or self-seeking is, there is confusion in every evil work. Galatians 5, 26. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Where's your source? Is it people? Well, it's not people, it's Christians. Those are people. If your eyes are on Christians, those Christians will destroy you. And it's your fault, not theirs. James 3.17, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace, verse 18, by those who make peace. Not keep peace. Make peace. Let me close with this. Or head to the, well it's 11.52. Heading towards that way. Heading towards that way, towards the off ramp, toward the exit, (laughs) in that vague direction. I really said this entire message to get to where we are right now. So listen closely for the next, I don't know, 17 minutes or so. Jesus put it this way in Matthew chapter 6, 22 and 23. As I said, you've heard me preach off of these two, three verses before, but I've never preached a message about them. I'm doing that right now. The title of this section of Scripture is The Lamp of the Body. So the question is, what illuminates your path or what darkens it? Again, what is your perspective? What is your source? Where do you pull from? To do or not do, to say or not say, what is your source? 
It's not about your physical eye. Look at this. The lamp of the body is the eye, not your physical eye. Everybody thinks that it is. It's not. I'm going to show you now. The lamp of the body, verse 22, or Matthew 6, 22 and 23. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now let's look at this. The first verse, 622. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good. Good is translated as clear and healthy. Clear and healthy. It's got nothing to do with your physical eye. It has to do with how you see things. The lamp of the body is the eye. How you see things is everything. Perspective is everything. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How you see things is everything. Not some things. Everything. But if your eye is bad, bad is translated as evil or unhealthy. Your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? If therefore what you think is light is darkness, and that's what you go, that's your source. How great is that darkness? What you think is light is actually darkness. All of the Christians strapping masks on, closing their churches in the name of kindness was actually darkness they thought was light. And how great is that darkness? As we have an emergency order, state of emergency, extenuated through April 23rd, which will be how many months? The 32 November, 33 December, 34 January, 35 February, 36 March. So that'll be 37 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. How great is that darkness. And remember Matthew 12, 35, a good man out of the good treasure's heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. What well do we draw from? I gave you, here, here's, some, here's, some, here's some examples, so to speak. Do you draw from your feelings? Do you draw from your, from your feelings? Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Most people's false prophet is who? Themselves. So you have Matthew 6, 22 and 23. It's followed by what? The verse most people know. No man can serve two masters. So how's that about your physical eye then? Most people think that that's about guarding your heart which is the full witness of Scripture. We should guard, uh, I mean, Proverbs 4, 23. Above all else, guard your heart. It's not about guarding your heart. It's about perspective. It's about how you see things and why you see things that way. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. No one. You, your well is either one or the other. The well cannot put forth salt and fresh water. You have to choose. No one can serve two masters. If you don't go to church because your wife doesn't come to church, your wife is your master. You've chosen a master. 
No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You can't. Your parents stay at the church, you stay. I know Christians like that. Well, this is the whole heritage of our family. They don't preach the gospel. Why are you there? I have people, there's people that travel every Sunday to this church that are three to four hours away. You know why? There is nothing else. Tom, you're awfully haughty. Really? Go find it. There isn't. It, it, listen, if it wasn't for Foundation Church, I'd be driving up to Tampa, and if there was no Tampa, I'd move to Pittsburgh. Seriously. Wife stays, you stay. Husband stays, you stay. Parents leave, you leave. Wife leaves, you leave. Husband, I've known, that's the way it always is. I never see a husband leave. It's the wife that leaves. Husband follows. You get in here. You follow me out these doors. Get in the car. Yes, dear. When did you get clipped? What happened? What happened to you? Tom, you're always talking about people leaving. It's just a great, it, it's great sermon fodder. People think I'm bothered by it. I'm not really. It just gives me something to talk about. I have people come up to me. I'm really sorry that that happened. No problem at all. It gives me something to preach about. Thank you. What does Jonathan endlessly preach about? Ministerial experiences. It's great. Tom, you're always talking about people leaving. No, I'm talking about opportunity. What well do you draw from? Look at this, Ephesians chapter five, 15 and 16. We're heading towards the close. Be very careful then. What does it say? Be kind of careful? Be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. If if your lamp of the body is the eye, if therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Be very careful how you live. Be very careful how you see things. Is it your fault? How many people will actually broach that subject? Are the things that are wrong in my life my fault? Nobody does. And sadly, most churches are a refuge of enabling. You know, we're all on a journey. We're all just trying really hard right now. Just glory to God out here, and let's get all that out the door, and God bless you. <laughs> you need to be confronted by Scripture. This is your, I'm not talking about Foundation Church, this is your only opportunity. You need to be very careful about how you live, not as unwise, thinking of yourself more highly than you ought, Romans 12, 3, or thinking of yourself more lowly than you ought, 1 John 3, 20. Be very careful how you live because it's everything. It's either light or darkness. What you're well, where you draw from is either darkness or light. There is no delineation. There is no combo, nothing. How does God look at lukewarmness? 
spews. It's disgusting to him. It's like me eating broccoli. Like to quote Seinfeld, Newman, vile weed. You would come up with those vegetable trays. Put out some freaking pepperoni, would you? <laughs> Pry open that wallet. I don't care that you have a garden in your backyard. Well, you know, we grow all of our own vegetables. I don't care. Go to Publix and put out a meat plate. I'm a carnivore. It's a little bonus for you in the message. And by the way, Serve something else besides tea, cheapo. Yes, I hate tea. You, if you're going to make tea, grab a board, bring it this way, and put a bucket on the end of the board, and just pour water down the board. A grubby board from a construction site, that's tea. Wood water. Because you can make a vat of it for 30 cents, that doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to serve. Have some Coca-Cola for once. Uh, well, well, hey, Pastor Tom, you want something to drink? Well, yeah, sure. What, what do you got? Uh, well, tea or tap? Why don't you even invite me over to dinner? Why don't you just torture me instead? You're sitting in a $700,000 house and you can't buy a 12-pack of Coke? I'll take it home with me. Give it to, make it a donation to the church. I'll credit it to you as a 401c3 organization. <laughs> Cheapo. That's all free. That's got nothing to do with the message. Drives me nuts. You're welcome. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. That's how we're closing. Every opportunity, because the days are evil. Listen, the last couple years is the epitome of these verses. This is your only opportunity at high calling. You're gonna throw it away because you draw from a bitter well? I'm not just talking about bitterness. There's lots of very happy people that accomplish nothing. It's called complacency. Being convinced that you're righteous when you're not is complacent. This is your only opportunity at high calling. Well, Tom, I, I, I can go to other churches now if he's called you here. You know what? I'll just, I'll just use Jonathan because he wouldn't mind. If God's called you here and you pack up and move to Andrew Walmack in Colorado, Jonathan Shuttlesworth in Pittsburgh, the river in Tampa, and God's called you here, you'll be miserable. It's a fact. He's called, and it doesn't, and here's the thing. If you're called, you think I ever try to recruit a river person? God's called them there. They come here, they'll be miserable. Revival today, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, church and ministry. If I tried to get his, while he was here, he's got several people that work for him. Hey, how's it going? 
Let me get it. Let me, let me tune it. Let me get it. Let me crank it up. Okay, there we go. What's Jonathan? What's Jonathan Pay over there? I don't do that. It's not my perspective. It's not my well. If I pulled that person from his ministry and had them come here, they'd be miserable. It's like all of you that are watching right now at home because some, some worker here offended you. Well, they were rude. You giant, spineless pansy. I, people are rude to me all the time. They're not rude to you. You're the, you're the pasta. They don't care. They don't care. They're rude all the time. Plus, I was 25 years in a police car. I'm looking at the cops now. I can't help it. I start looking at you guys whenever I'm looking at your expressions. They know. Oh, they just all love you and sit in the back seat of your police car. They love you. You know, you know who else doesn't like you? The people who called you. They don't like you either. Everybody loves the firefighters. Here come the angels. You called. Your chicklets are all over the floor because your husband kicked you in the face. You called me and now you hate me for arresting the guy. Get your hands off him. He just put his hands on you and your teeth are gone. Another side note. That's all free. This is it. 12.07. Almost there. This is your only opportunity. Again, I'm not talking about Foundation Church. I'm talking about the church you're called to. You can run, but you cannot hide. Well, I'm going to go back to that Grace Presbyterian down the road there where it's all quiet. Nobody ever yells at me. <laughs> you'll, you'll accomplish nothing. No souls will be saved. No blind will be given sight. You won't give provision to the poor because they won't teach you prosperity there. Pro oh, there's a prosperity message. Yeah, that's the Bible. The Bible is the prosperity. The Bible is a prosperity message. Sorry. You don't like it? Tough. And speaking of that, I'll close with this. It's just like giving. What, what is giving? You're like, oh, here comes the offering. I don't even take an offering. I couldn't be any more pure. I'm not passing any place. I'm not having Aaron come up and, and sing a song about giving. Nothing. You're going you're to you're leave here in a couple minutes. Nothing's going to happen, so relax. Nothing. But it is. It's just like giving. It's your, it's a, giving is not the church taking from you. It is your only opportunity. If you give to UNICEF, that does nothing to prosper you. How dare you? It's true. The only way into God's prosperity is tithes and offerings. And I, listen, if you give to something you know, save the dogs or whatever. I love dogs. And I've given money to save dogs. I've given, I've given money to the wildlife center on Border Road there because both as a cop and as a civilian, I've driven, I don't know how many raccoons and armadillos and squirrels my dog has mauled to them. I used to have a male cat and I'd go out into the garage and it looked like somebody fed a bird an M80. What happened out here? Rescued animals from him. I, listen, those are, they're, they're good people doing a good thing. But your only path to prosperity 
Do you want out or don't you? Well, I've been very, very happy in my middle class life. Why? Why are you happy in your middle class life? Well, I don't desire lots and lots of things. Look how holy I am. Well, give it away then. Don't you want to feed the poor? How are you going to feed the poor when you live paycheck to paycheck? Oh, you got, you got the people slamming the preacher for flying around the private jet. I'll use Jonathan again, or Pastor Rodney. Feeding 1,000 people a day or 1,500 families a week, which is, what they, which is what they feed every week, every day of their lives. They're flying around on private jets. Okay, but they're feeding all those people and you're not. Is it because they're in a system, they're pulling from a well that enables them to extract millions and your perspective is one that is, enables you to live paycheck to paycheck, but you get life out of criticizing the people who have drawn from the living water. Well, they could give all that money to that private jet. That's how they make the money. They can't get to all the sites they get to flying commercial. You got the COP27 right now. It's the climate change, the UN climate summit going on in Cairo, Egypt. They had 600 private jets fly to. That's all fine, but not the pastors. Listen, I guarantee freaking tee you this that if I can never fly commercial again, I won't. Well, aren't you, just, aren't you just a bourgeois elitist? Why are you comparing yourself and measuring yourself right now? Why do you even care that I don't want to? I don't like it. First of all, I'm everybody's nightmare to sit next to. Why, because you're gonna tell them all they're going to hell? No, I don't say a word. I'm large. Airplane seats are not for large people. I, I, I'm spilling over onto the person next to me, which I always make be Tommy or Norma. I'm getting smashed by the serving, the, the stewardess coming up with the serving cart. Bam! Bam! Excuse me, sir. I don't like having to wait in all those lines. Now, what I don't mind, I'm proud is you go through that x-ray machine thing that they can all see you naked. <laughs> I go through there proudly. I'm like. <laughs> Learn to love it. <laughs> It's called ministry. <laughs> well, you see now, giving, tithing and giving offerings is your sole opportunity. Just like being at the correct church is your sole opportunity at high calling. Your sole opportunity. You're only one to get into God's 10 times, 20 times, 1,000 times prosperity is God's way, tithes and offerings. It's always that way. You have to choose. 
I'm not talking about leaving churches. I'm talking about their soul. It breaks my heart for them. I, listen, I've seen people, leave, you know, I, I, like I said, I produce a new church every five years from people leaving. It's a gift. I can't find it in the Bible yet, but it's a gift in my own mind. See, I'm drawing from the wrong source. But I've yet to see anybody produce anything who wrongfully leaves the church, mine or others. They go and they just, they just launch into bitterness. They launch into complacency. They just sit around doing nothing. Some of you watching right now are doing that right now. You should be here. You'll be all right. Sister, it's a girl. I know I'm going long, sorry. I'm not sorry. It's a girl who offended you. I'm looking at the camera. It's a girl who offended you. What's your problem? I don't, I, I, you know, I went to drop off my kid and you know, the, uh, the nursery worker didn't give me a really firm high. It was just kind of a, hey, I want enthusiasm when I hand them my brat. Here's my giant lump of crying crap, here you go. Act, act all enthusiastic about it because I'm never gonna discipline them, so you might as well. You're welcome. A lot of you need to hear the truth about your kid. Maybe I can launch into that right now. I'll tell you this thing. Make your kid comply with you. There two, there three. Make them comply. I want to finish. I'm going to finish right here. This is your opportunity. Giving and attending is your sole opportunity. That's it. Now, and you have to choose. Well, you know, Tom, I know people who have succeeded, even Christians in the worldly process. They chose. God wants you to choose. They chose. Is there benefits to going out into the world? Sure. Can you lie your way to prosperity? Yeah, you can. Sure you can. I know you're right. I know you're holy. You're thinking correctly, but it, you can. You think Nancy Pelosi, she's worth $200 million, has never made more than $200,000 ever in her life. Think she's lied, cheated, and her stealed, or stolen her way to prosperity? Absolutely. So is Bill Gates. So have people on the Republican side. Sure they have. They chose the world. God wants you to do that. Choose one or the other. There is no semi-well there's no semi-source. You choose one or the other. What's worth? I don't know. Is everyone all right with me going a little bit long? What's worse? Okay, I'll keep it really tight at the end. Everyone's been prayed over this week. You don't need me to pray over you at the end. So we'll start. And by the way, these are all, you know, we put the carpets up so that we could do that. What's worse? Fornication or adultery? I know. I know. Both going to hell. Got it. For me, it's far worse to be adulterous. Because you, a fornicator hasn't made a promise to anybody. He's just, he or she is just out sleeping around, right? Adultery's by far worse. Because you've said you've chosen one and then went back to the other. In the church, you must choose your source. 
Or, you may not want to clap in a minute, or you're an adulterer. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God, James chapter four, verse four. Amen. Revelation 3, 15 and 16. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew thee out of my mouth. God doesn't like adultery. You must choose. Am I going to have a godly marriage or is this going to be, are we going to buy Oprah books? We're going to get into our, our deepest, our deep souls and I'm a, I'm a you're, you're sanguine and I'm melancholy. Spin it all sideways. What do you do? You do you need to discover your heritage, giving them your, giving them your DNA and you need to just get to the bottom of all that when you're a new creature? Why do you care if you're of Hungarian, Russian, Ukrainian, American, French, whatever? Why do you care what kind of descent you are when you're 2 Corinthians 5.17, new creature? Why does that even matter? Choose your source. Where's your life gonna come from? It's very dangerous, I'm closing right here, to be half in and half out. In any capacity in life, it is dangerous. I'm literally, Aaron, you guys can make your way so everyone will believe me. It's 1219, you will not be in this building at 1225. I promise you. It'll probably be before that. It's very dangerous to be half in and half out. I advise you to choose. Tom, you're costing your people, you're costing yourself attendance. That's right. That's right. I always have, always will. Because I am going to preach the gospel to my own detriment. You're like, Tom, you have no problem with people leaving. Yes, I do. It hurts me. It does. Does it bother me when people get up in the middle of the sermon and leave? Not you guys that are leaving now. It's 1219. You put your time in. Love you guys. God bless you. <laughs> Seriously. I don't blame them. It's two hours and 20 minutes in. But, is it about, yeah. But it doesn't, that, my source is the word of God. My source is the Holy Ghost. I do what I'm compelled to do by those two sources, period, period, period. So it's a very dangerous thing, I'm closing with this, to be half in and half out. Heard me preach this before. What was Ananias and Sapphira? Half in, half out. We, we treat it very lightly today. Well, he's trying. He's claiming Christianity and living as a reprobate sinner. It's dangerous. Listen. It's, you mean, hear, hear the stories from somebody who actually has been around the world. I haven't been around the world. I pushed around a police car from 1992 to 2017, pastored this church overlapping that from 2004 to 2017. I have not been around the world. But you talked about, you hear uh, Pastor Jonathan talk about Bishop Oedepo, and whether it was him or not, but the guy who comes in and, 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 and is faking an illness, and the man of God says, you will have that illness for the rest of your life. You need to be careful about messing around with Yahweh. As Pastor, as Pastor Rodney says, if you mess with the church, go get yourself measured for a coffin. This is, a, this is real. This is real stuff happening. Just like it's real on the other side. 
NFL football player yesterday just drops dead. 45-year-old, retired linebacker, no health problems. No, now, no, somebody's missing a son. Somebody's missing a husband. Someone's missing a dad. Because of evil, this is real. Don't mess with God. I'm not saying he did. It has nothing to do with it. He shouldn't have taken the vaccine if that's the case. If we, have, if, they have escaped, if we have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again entangled in and overcome, we're worse off at the end than we were at the beginning. That applies to believers. The reprobate, the sinner, can never be worse off at the end, at the end than they were at the beginning. That applies only to us. Ananias and Sapphira doesn't happen to the unbeliever. It happens to us. It's a dangerous thing. Last verse, Matthew uh, 9, 17, closing with this. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins. You can't mix the two. You either choose God or choose the world. Choose it. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Joshua 24, 15, the part that nobody quotes. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's all anybody promotes. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins or else the wineskins break. It doesn't apply. Nothing breaks when you're unsaved. You're going to hell. This applies to us. Your life will break apart if you mix the Holy Ghost with the Antichrist spirit. We're going to put on masks and claim the Holy Ghost. It's like a Pastor Rodney's always making fun of the... They had, they had people. They had all kinds of churches. In here, right here, Sarasota County. Put, I'll have them in masks on with their church names on it. Grace Fellowship, Coast This, Abundant That, all in their masks. And singing No Longer Slaves to Fear. With their masks on. Got a flute player up there with a hole cut in their mouth. That's old, that's old wine being put into new wineskins. You're supposed to be as bold as a lion. Well, if I don't comply, then nobody in my family would think I'm nice. And since that's the epitome of Christianity, it's not. Jesus doesn't even pass the nice meter. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. Doesn't apply to anybody but us. But they put new wine into new wineskins, which is your perspective. Amen? Amen? Stand with me. I told you to be fast. Aaron, we're gonna close right here. Don't get quiet, because I'm gonna pray loud. Ready? Lord, from this Sunday to the next, we receive out of the covenant of Jesus. Right from this very moment, 12-24, November 13th, 2022. Lord, we receive all week long great things, prosperity, healing, open doors, closed doors. We prophetically speak this will be a great week in Jesus' mighty name. And the church shouts, amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.